Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome and thanks for listening. My name's Scott McGowan. With me, Anne-Marie Singleton. Hey, Anne, how are you? I'm great. How are you today, Scott? Great. Let's talk to our listeners about why we're here. Yeah, thanks for joining us on our first episode. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that uh, I'm curious about, and I'm sure our listeners are curious about, is why side effects? And why is that important to them, to right. us? Yeah. So what what are you thinking? You know, I think the big thing in our, in our industry is, you know, healthcare is 17% of our economy. It's a big number. I think it kind of cripples our economy. I don't think so. I know so. Right. I think relationally, too, when we talk about cost and the impact of healthcare, uh, at least in my world, and I'll ask you to comment, but our relationships with people are, you know, hospitals, insurance companies, employers. So and I think sometimes we're just afraid to have honest conversations about the impact of the healthcare dollar based on the people we're speaking to. Right. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think I would agree. I mean, we want to be respectful to everyone and we want to have good relationships. It's important for us to serve our clients to have good relationships. But at the end of the day, um, someone's paying for it. And I, You know, I agree. And I think that's one of the one of the reasons why we really liked um, doing this podcast and side effects. It's really a, a it's it's a free space to think and honestly say what we feel. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Right. And we have a point of view, and I think that people should hear it. Exactly. Exactly. So we're in front of a lot of different employers, and we're talking about that, even with our clients, our customers, even our employees, is everyone's just kind of, quite frankly, I mean, complaining. There's more choice words than that, but talking about the impact of healthcare costs and what it means to them. But directionally, I, you know, I see a lot of people really talking about the impact. I don't see a lot of people accepting what the real problem in our healthcare system really is. Right. And tell me what you think that is. What are you thinking? You know, I think at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of blame. So I think we've got our fingers out to the east, the west, the north, you know, and the south. Uh, and everybody wants to complain. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we created this problem. Right. There is a lot of complaining but when you talk to people about change, um, they get quiet. Nobody wants to take the responsibility to take that step. People like the health care they have. They like our system. They like the access to it. They don't like how much it costs. But again, I think it's difficult for them to take a step to move in the right direction. And Please. I don't think they think they can make an impact, right? How can they make an impact on such a large system? I'm just one person or one company. Really, at the end of the day, don't you think blame is just so much easier than change? Absolutely. And I think our whole system's just riveted with that. Hey, you know, one thing I just thought about is um, our listeners don't even know who we are. So um, my name's Scott McGowan. I'm the CEO of McGowan Brabender. Been here 28 years. I love people uh, and have a big passion for uh, mitigating the healthcare dollar. Big passion for, uh, for leadership and cha- transforming lives and people. Mm-hmm. So how about yourself, Anne? Yep. So I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. I've been here 10 years, um, financial services industry for 27 years, and I have a big passion for helping people. So my goal is always to help people achieve the goals that they've set forth, whatever those are, 
And so through our work here at McGowan Braybender, I can help them achieve their company goals or their personal health goals through what we provide out there in the community. So I think one of the things that's really interesting is so like when um, our uh, VP of Innovations, Dave Holman, came to us and said, hey, Scott Ann, we want you to do a podcast. What was your what was your first thought? I was thinking, well, I certainly have a lot of opinions, but I'm not sure who's going to tune into my station. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So I don't think this, uh, you know, this entire show and this entire format uh, is about talking about uh, McGowan Braybender. I think it's about talking about real issues that employers face, people face. And let's just get all that stuff on the ground. Right. And just talk about that openly. I totally agree with you. So here's something that I think people can relate to. So I have uh, 14, almost 14-year-old twins, and uh, we registered for high school last night. So they start freshman year in the fall. And as I look at my kids who sometimes have half a brain, I've been thinking about goal setting and how to help them with that. And something you said just a minute ago uh, makes me say this. So one of the things I like to do is listen to TED Talks and different podcasts. And I was searching for the best TED Talks on goal setting, and I came up with a TED Talk on change. And so you just talked a minute ago about the healthcare dollar, and I I listened to a TED Talk recently by Ruth um, on change, on how to make hard choices. And when we talk about the healthcare dollar and where people spend it and hard choices, we think automatically of big choices. But hard choices can be small, too. Um, So that's a really great uh, opportunity for people to listen to that. We'll post that out there on our blog. Um, But but back to what you were saying in terms of of choice. um, Did you know I'm a twin? I I did know that. I have an identical twin. I have actually tried to talk to you in a restaurant before, and it wasn't you Mm -hmm. at all. It was your twin. I'm a lot better looking than he he is. He thought I was crazy. But, um, yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we gave, uh, when we were in high school, it was uh, absolute mayhem, the two of us. I would agree that that probably was the case. I know you well enough to know if he is anything like you, you probably... And I've met your son and daughter, and they were certainly uh, much more behaved uh, and kind, uh, more so than my brother and I. So I'll just say uh, kudos to you as as, as a mom. Well done. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about more like the format of the show. So we talk about side effects. We talk about a free space to think. Uh, and really kind of say what's on our mind, What you, kind of what we wanted to do is just kind of, I'm a big fan of the rule of three. I think most people have the capacity to remember three things. If you ask my wife, I'm not really sure she would, she would say that, but l- l- let's just stick to the rule of three. And the format of the show for our listeners is really what we want to do is really just talk about kind of what's trending. So what's kind of happening in our world? Could be like even you said with your son and daughter going to high school. Could be about the impact of healthcare costs. Could be about the TED Talk that you brought up. The second thing that we really like to talk about is what's the nudge? What's the ask? What are we encouraging people to do uh, to make a difference in their lives, in our community, in their children's lives? And the last thing is really, hey, what's on the, what's on the horizon? So what do we see coming towards us directionally? And what's, what should people be thinking about and then ultimately just the wrap-up as we go from show to show so um, you already talked about what's uh, what's uh, what's trending right now in your life with uh, you know with your kids so kind of talk to me about so you're looking at different high schools Uh, actually they've already selected a high school what high school so they're gonna go to alter high school in the fall yeah we have a lot of alter grads inside McGowan Brabender we do 
a lot of uh, a lot of coaches inside of here, a lot of people that participate. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, good community. So yeah, are look, they excited? They are very excited. Are they nervous. Uh, they're pretty bold, so they're not too nervous. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. You know what's funny too is even as a parent, and you know, and obviously my kids are through high school, so and and watching them kind of evolve through that is, uh, and you even brought this up about around choices that people make, and there's a great movie. It is a Disney movie. I'm a big fan of movies. So uh, growing up with Courtney and Taylor, one of the movies that really made an impact in my life as a as a father, and maybe even as a leader. Uh, was a movie called The Iron Giant. You ever seen it? I No, I've never seen it. Okay, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, it's just a really cool movie about this little boy who finds this iron giant that is obviously very intimidating to the community, a big threat to all of his surroundings. And the innocence of this little boy kind of uh, 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 falling in love with this with this machine and as the community looks at this machine as threatening, intimidating, this boy just looks at this machine as a friend. But um, getting back to my point, in the movie, uh, Iron Giant teaches this little boy that your life is just a series of choices. Right. And every time there was conflict in this little boy's life, he would always say, you choose. So and one of the things even growing up with Courtney and Taylor was hey, let's just try to put a couple good choices in a row. Right. Because I think all of us would agree we're really good at um, making a bad choice. Right. We've all done it. Agreed. But we make multiple decisions in regards to choices. Yeah. And, you know, as you talk about parenting, I use this example so often with my clients, is we grow up with certain expectations of our kids and also teaching them to make good choices. From the time they're little, I've been talking about choices with my kids since they were two years old. And we get to the stage where we have employees and we want them to do a certain thing, clock in a certain way, show up at a certain time, behave in a certain manner. But we're afraid to help them make good choices. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to push them. And I think that having employees is not too different from having children. But somehow when everyone's an adult, we change the expectations that we have. Well, I think it even goes back to what we were talking about originally about healthcare. I tell you one thing, it, it just, it ticks me off. I mean, as, as you look at the United States right now, I mean, we were a country that was founded on the production of goods and services and skyscrapers and assembly lines and automobiles. We were the number one producer of goods on the planet for decades. And we lost. We lost. And now we produce more disease than any other developed country on the planet, bar none, bar none. We're the the second heaviest country on the planet. We just lost that to Mexico. I don't think that's worth celebrating to our listeners. Agreed? Agreed. I think we have the highest infant mortality rate of all developed nations. And the most astounding fact that um, frustrates me in our healthcare system is last year American pharmacies filled 3.5 billion prescriptions for 300 million Americans. Yeah, that's astounding, unbelievable number. And if you look at that, you, that that is basically we have five percent of the world's population, and yet we consume well over 50 percent of all the prescription drugs manufactured on Earth on our planet. Right. Because it's easy. Right. That's that's not a that's not a hard choice. It's an easy choice. Mm-hmm. It's an easy choice to take a pill to fix something 
than it is to make a lifestyle change. And that's what that's what people struggle with is hard choices. Yeah, don't you think that I mean we're in this we're in this situation because we've made a series of, of poor choices. And I think one of the things too that that I'd like to talk about is defining um, talking about the problems easy, right? Right. So 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 now we, we now we sound like everybody else. You know, hey, the problems this, the problems this, but you know, at the end of the day, what's the solution? Right. You don't want to pile on, right? Exactly. No. Yeah. And so when you think about that, you think about what you just said, and you think about what I just said—that that's an easy choice. Make sure our listeners know we're talking about things that can be controlled. We're not talking about a bad hand that someone was dealt, genetics, um, something that they can't control, that some people need to take medication for certain things. We're talking about lifestyle choices, the things that people can control, the foods you consume, the amount of activity that you get. You know, one thing I'd love to do is I'd like to separate disease states. So one disease state would be real disease. Those are diseases that, like, you were just, like you said, dealt a bad hand. Right. You know, forms of leukemia or type 1 diabetes is a good example. But the second one is, well, I'd like to call it a self-created disease, disease that we create by ourselves. Right. But, the, but the systems cloak that or camouflage it under this term we call chronic disease. Right. There's a part of me that just says we call it that because it's just safe. It's easy to put it in that bucket. But when yeah. we look at it, we know that lifestyle and choices – Contribute to 50% of the healthcare dollar, at least. At least 50%. So would you agree that most people would admit we have a lot of problems with people making poor choices? I think they would. I think what they find difficult is, what do we do about that? And as an employer, is that my responsibility? This isn't why I got into business. It's not what I get paid to do. Would you also admit that we have enough information I mean, you buy food. There's, there's stuff on the side of the box. Right. I mean, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I know there's 500 calories in there. I know it. Right. I know there's 52 grams of sugar. But you're also going to get on your spin bike for an hour so that you can eat that. Without a doubt. So it, there's a part of me that says, I don't think we suffer from admitting we have the problem. I think we suffer from accepting we have the problem. Yeah, I would agree. Which is really, wh- why do we continue to to make poor choices. Right. Some people make poor choices because they're uninformed, but the people that know are also not telling them. But what's going to happen in our country? So if healthcare costs is 17% of our economy, basically double what the rest of the world spends, what's going to happen if this just propels and just keeps going? It's going to be a real problem. I mean, employers are trying to maintain their margins. They're trying to hire. They're trying to grow. And if they keep having to spend more and more of their dollars to pay for health care, it's going to be a real problem for us. Which is interesting, too. What, who gave them that responsibility? Well, I think originally they gave it to themselves. They did it to compete. It was a fringe benefit. And they said, you know what? Come work for us because we're going to give you something better than ABC Company next door. Um, but today, under ACA depending on the size of the employer, they have to offer it. I don't know if you know this or not, but when I started here 28 years ago, what what's the average family premium a month Yeah, that like, you see? Yeah, probably around 1300 to $1,600. Yeah, when I started, it was less than $200 a mm-hmm. month. 
which is about $186 a month. Right. I just was talking to a, a CPA friend of mine today, and we were having this discussion, and I was saying to him that 20 years ago, that's where rates were, and his jaw was dropped. Couldn't believe it. You can't even get a single rate for that amount now. Now, my dad told me, and I'm going to call out his age here, but uh, he'll be in this business 50 years, but he told me when he started, single premiums were $3 per employee per month. Oh, my gosh. Three bucks. Yeah. Big deal. That's crazy. You know, and the thing about even talking about that is, you know, obviously we, we want to complain, com- complain at the healthcare system about this big, gigantic issue. And then we've got, uh, we're assuming the insurance industry is going to control this for us. And that's not happening. And then we have a healthcare system that says that we're going to control this. And then ultimately, at the end, employers are sitting there saying, why have been passed this baton in regards to accountability and engagement and responsibility? But it, I kind of like having that conversation that way for one reason, is I think we've forgotten who the real payer of health care is. I mean, our federal government's the largest payer. But would you agree that it's really the employers and the employees of America that are paying for health care? Uh, absolutely. Paying for it in forms of premium, paying for it in, form, in terms of what they pay when they seek services. I mean, the deductibles under most health plans these days are much higher than they used to be. So let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, not only are they paying a higher cost to be insured, also paying a lot more out of pocket when they seek services. They're paying because their deductibles are $1,000, $2,000, $4,000. So they're paying in more than one way. What if, and you're exactly right, but what, what if it's worse than that? So what if I have a $4,000 deductible and I don't get treatment right. for my son or my daughter or myself? Probably as parents, we would, we would probably uh, neglect our own health to take care of our family. I can tell you that I, that is happening. So I was with an employer recently that has um, two plans. And one plan is for employees that joined after a certain date. And when we look at the claims experience under those two plans, the, the plan with the highest deductible has the lowest claims. And not just a little bit lower, a lot lower. And when we look at it, they are not seeking services. And so how many of those people are just trying to fix it on their own or are making the problem even worse by not getting treatment? It, it's a real problem. And that is an unintended consequence of having a higher deductible to reduce underlying costs. It's actually making it worse for their employees. You know, I think it's interesting, too, because let's face it, in, in 20 minutes, we're not going to solve uh, 17 percent of the economy, right? Right. Yeah, it would be great. But we wouldn't be sitting in Dayton, Ohio, in this room talking to each other if we could. Oh, no. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> if we had the solution, we'd be somewhere else. But I think really, so the nudge, um, the nudge to people really is, uh, at the end of the day, it's hard. And it might even be a little crude. But at the end of the day, we created this disease state, each and every single one of us. It's not the insurance company's responsibility to make us healthier. It's not... It's not the healthcare system's responsibility to make us healthier. It's not the employer's responsibility to make us healthier. If we don't get our hands around this, we're not going to have Social Security, and we're not going to have a healthcare system underneath us. Right. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it is our responsibility. Right. Each individual person. Yeah, and we have to be accountable for that. And again, I like what you said, too, Ann, is there are people that were just dealt a bad hand, and we're just kind of pushing, we're pulling them off of the table. 
and saying, let's just address self-created disease. Right. You know, I'll give you an example that just comes to my mind. And I mentioned I have I have twins. Their names are Zach and Zoe. And about five years ago, I saw an example. I think we might have done it here at work with sugar. And I went home that night and got out a bag of Skittles. And then I got out the bag of sugar and we got out four glasses. And I let them guess in two glasses how much sugar was in there with a teaspoon. In the other two glasses, I actually put the amount of sugar that was in that bag of Skittles. I don't even know how sugar can shrink that small to get in those Skittles and then put them in that bag. It was such an enormous amount. It was something like 10 10 teaspoons of sugar, maybe 9 or 10 teaspoons. And me teaching them that is different than them getting a health lesson at school. That came from their mom. And they, they were like, wow, that's a lot of sugar. And I was like, yeah. How about this apple instead? So we talk again about choices. That's a hard choice if I'm a kid. I don't want Skittles. I want, you know, I mean, I don't want an apple. I want Skittles, right? Well, don't, don't do that to my ice cream. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not <laughs> sure I want to see any, any uh, reference to that. You know, matter of fact, that's a great uh, reference point is at, um, on our website. Follow us at healthierbirthdays.com. There's a video that talks specifically about sugar. You know, the average American today, unfortunately, eats 300 pounds of sugar a a year. And children are eating 400 pounds. I grew up in a different world, so mine was much less, but my father's was much less, and my grandmother's was much less than that. So sugar is a gigantic issue uh, in uh, in this country. So as we talk about kind of what's on the horizon, so what's... What, what are some of the things that we want to talk about in the, on, on this podcast as we talk to our listeners and, and, and we talk about what we see in our industry? You know, a lot of things that we, t- we talked about prescription drugs, and I, and I know you would agree that there, it's a huge impact and the effect on our economy and on individuals. Well, and it's just going to get, get even even bigger. So I think, you know, talking about what's on the horizon, one of the things that, that employers need to be looking at is their prescription drug usage. So there's been 86 or so drugs that have fallen off a patent. So the patent cliff has taken place. We're not going to see that many fall off. And we've got a lot of new drugs coming on. The new drugs that are coming on are biosimilars, um, meaning their efficacy rate or the effectiveness is really good. The problem is they're $1,000, $2,000 a month. And not everybody needs that in order to fix what they have. So employers really need to be looking at their pharmacy and the trends in pharmacy we're expecting at 17, 18% a year. You know, it's normally about 15 or 20% of an employer's healthcare spend. And in just a couple of years, it could be up to 30% and even beyond that, 50%. So that's one thing on the horizon that we'll be talking about as we move through these shows is what employers can be looking at, what they can be what they can be um, doing to start to address that before it gets here. Great point. Great point. So I think as we kind of wrap up, one is, and <clears throat> I've always appreciated the fact that um, I'm never afraid to tell you um, how I feel about something uh, or to challenge uh, our thinking together. Not only I think are we good colleagues together. Uh, I, I don't think we're afraid to say it like it is. And I think what we wanted to do is just create a really safe place for people to just provide some feedback and comments. Because I'm not sure the story of the entire healthcare dollar uh, from a global perspective is being a, is just being shared. Right. No, I would agree. And, you know, to, to your point, too, one thing that you have that, that, I, that, I, that I don't, I'm not sure I can even get it, is you're a great strategist and blue ocean thinker. You can see out, you know, five or ten years. 
I'm pretty good about three years out, maybe four. Um, but your your thought process is always so far out there. So I think the two of us together, uh, you can bring that visionary perspective. I can tell you what's really happening out there. And um, hopefully we can provide our listeners with really great information that will help them. Well, I think <clears throat> I couldn't agree more because I think sometimes you got to yank me out of the sky. Your boots are on the ground. And I think sometimes I need to kick you back up into the air. So we really want to just thank our listeners. So just thanks for joining us. Thank we're, you for being here today. And we're really excited about um, you joining us again as we talk about kind of what's going on in the marketplace. Uh, and then we talk about nudging um, you. So what is the nudge? What are we asking uh, people to do? And then ultimately kind of what's on the, uh, what's on the horizon. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects. Effects.